This morning we talked about, uh, in Sunday school hour, the prophecy of Isaiah 61, the gospel according to Isaiah 61. And we saw uh, in Isaiah 61 how that Jesus going into the synagogue on the Sabbath uh, read from the prophet Isaiah and he read verses 1 and half of verse 2 and he closed the book. And what, uh, what was the reason for him closing the book? Well, because he came uh, to announce and to uh, fulfill, really, the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, we're living in the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the uh, day of salvation. Uh, you don't have the promise of another heartbeat, let alone another day, week, month, or year. And, uh, and so if you've never been saved, today is the best day to get saved because you don't have the promise of tomorrow. Uh, this morning, uh, after uh, Sunday school hour, then for the morning worship hour, uh, we talked about uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and how that it uh, is setting the stage, if nothing else. It's setting the stage for the prophecy of Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 to be fulfilled. Uh, if you weren't here this morning, uh, maybe they have a copy of it here. You could watch it on Facebook or something and, uh, and, and, and see that because it's, a, I think, a very relevant prophecy. Um, prophecy is unfolding before our eyes. Um, I don't believe that... Uh, our generation has ever seen so much prophecy either being fulfilled or set up as we're seeing today. I, I get excited when I watch the news or read a, a magazine or, or, or read, I used to say newspaper, but I don't take a newspaper anymore. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, when you read uh, the Bible and you look at the news, my goodness, how can you not see that the Bible is being fulfilled every day. You know what the greatest problem with Christendom is today? The greatest problem of Christendom is that salvation is urgent, but God's people aren't. That's sad. We owe a debt to the world. Someone told you about Jesus when you got saved. And we owe a debt to the world to tell others about Jesus. Now, listen, folks, I preach to a lot of people uh, every year. I, I've seen a lot of people saved in a lot of different countries. First time I ever went to Ukraine, I saw over 1,700 people come to Jesus Christ. In one week in Cuba, I saw over 1,800 people ask Jesus Christ into their heart. I've seen witches come to Jesus Christ in Cuba. I've seen Jews come to Christ in Cuba, in Africa, in uh, Ukraine, in New York City. I've seen Jews saved all over the world. My, listen, I'm a missionary to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. I see a whole lot more Gentiles saved than I do Jewish people. My job is not necessarily seeing them saved. My job is to sow the seed and to water the seed. It's still God who gives the increase. And so, folks, the more we know about what the Bible has to say, the more we know about the living in the last days, the latter times, as the Bible calls it, 
The more we know about that, the more we can communicate the gospel to those who are lost. There's a lot of people today that wonder. Can you all still hear me pretty good? There's a lot of people today who wonder, is the world falling apart? Or is it falling into place? That's my message that I want to preach to you this evening. Is the world falling apart? Or falling into place. Now, I want to look at a lot of different current events. So uh, I'm going to ask you to write fast and listen fast because I'm going to talk fast, okay? Because we have so much ground to cover and, uh, and I don't want to bore you to sleep. My mother used to fall asleep when I was preaching. Uh, and she's in heaven now. I led my mother to the Lord and baptized her. How about that? And uh, what a blessing for a son to be able to do that. <clears throat> I asked my mother, I said, Mother, why, why do you fall asleep when I'm preaching? She said, you have such a soothing voice. <laughs> I used to be a football coach for 25 years. I was a wrestling coach uh, for many years. And I said, good grief, no one's ever said I had a soothing voice. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, uh, I, I want you to be, I want you to understand what I'm saying tonight. I'm not going to talk so fast that, you know, that I'll just blow by. I, I want you to listen carefully because what I'm saying tonight, you can use when you're witnessing to those who are lost. The Bible says in Matthew 24 and verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, this is Jesus uh, sitting upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, and this is what they asked him, tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Folks, we live in a day of deception. Who can you believe with certainty? Who can you trust with certainty? Can you trust the government? Ha. Huh. Can you trust the doctors about COVID? Ha. Huh. Can you talk, listen, there's a lot of preachers you can't trust. But I tell you, there's one who has never failed. And that one who has never failed is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His word is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want to know truth, know Christ. Because Jesus is one who has never failed you, nor ever will. And Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Mashiach, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. Who was it? I was talking to somebody here today and asked me, just asked me today if I had seen uh, something about this person declaring himself to be Messiah. It might have been, uh, is it uh, Micah, Mickey? Miko, thank you. It may have been Miko. I think he was the one who, who was showing me on his phone the news. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember names. I'm terrible. And, and, but Miko uh, said, have you seen that this person has declared himself to be Messiah? And Jews are saying that he is the Messiah. I can tell you there was a lot of rabbis that, that many Jews thought was the Messiah. And Jesus says in the last day that this will be a problem. And then Jesus uh, he said, after that, he said, and you shall hear of what? Wars and rumors of wars. And then he says something prof- profound. See that you be not troubled. 
For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I, I have to remind myself of Matthew 24, 6 on a regular basis. And I watch the news, I'm like anyone else. I get depressed. I remember when America was so much greater than it is today that our politicians seem to be so much more uh, trustworthy than many of them are today. I, I believe, unfortunately, a lot of, not all politicians, but there are a lot of them today who have their own personal agenda. They don't care about you and me. They care about getting elected, staying in office as long as they can, then sell books and, and do whatever else they want to do after that. I, 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 it disheartens me at times. And I have to remember what Jesus said. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In other words, as I see these things occurring, as I see these things coming to pass in my lifetime, it ought to encourage me because I know the day of the Lord is closer than ever before. There are many that believe that the world is falling apart, but I stand here today saying to you that I believe the world's not falling apart, but rather it's falling into place. Now, how am I going to back it up? I'm going to look at some current events, and I hope it will help you believe the same as I do. In Ezekiel chapter 37, actually 36 and 37, you can read about uh, a, a regathering of the Jewish people. Do you realize that uh, before May 14, 1948, Jews were dispersed for almost 2,000 years? They had no homeland. Do you realize that uh, it's not the rapture of the church that initiates the tribulation period? People say, well, when the rapture occurs, the tribulation will begin. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in uh, Daniel 9, 24 through 27, that, uh, that there's coming a day when the Antichrist, the beast, that will rise to power and enter into a covenant treaty with Israel. That covenant, that treaty that the beast or the Antichrist, that man of sin, that son of perdition, uh, when he enters into a treaty with Israel, that's when the, uh, the tribulation, that seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week, will begin. Not the rapture. There may be a period of time between rapture and tribulation. I don't believe there will be a lot, if any. But the fact of the matter is, I, there, there's nothing in the Bible that says the rapture initiates the tribulation. So, keep that in mind. May the 14th, 1948, is when Israel became a recognized free and independent state. For 2,000 years, they had no nation. They had no government. Today, they have a government. The rapture couldn't have happened. Uh, the, or, excuse me, the tribulation couldn't have happened prior to Israel having a homeland. And so we're living in a day where the most significant event in our generation occurred, May 14, 1948. The Valley of Dry Bones prophesies this. And... Uh, Notice what Ezekiel wrote. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone unto his bone. And notice, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and flesh came upon them and skin covered them above. But there was no breath of life in them. Israel has a country today. They have a nation. They have a government. 
Benjamin Netanyahu was just installed as the new prime minister. He'd been prime minister for many years. I think he's the best prime minister Israel's had for many years. And, and I'm glad to see him back in office. He's a hardliner. And uh, he be- listen, he believes in, in, in protecting the nation of Israel. But they have no breath of life in them. They're still spiritually dead as a nation. Most Jews don't believe that Jesus is Messiah. And so today Israel has a homeland. But they have no breath of life in them. And so Ezekiel says, I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet. Listen, what did he say? An exceeding great army. Today, Israel's military is significant. Uh, how else could 7 million Jews, surrounded by 250 million Arabs, most of whom don't like them, how could they survive? Today, God has his hand of protection against the Jewish people. He has always had a remnant. And there's always been a remnant of Jews. And though two-thirds of the Jewish people will die during the tribulation, God will still have a third, a remnant, in which he calls his chosen people. And then he said unto me, if you're, if you say, how do you get Israel out of that? Right here's the verse. In verse 11, he says, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Again, Israel is God's timepiece. You want to know what time it is in God's prophetic calendar, you must look at the nation of Israel. Today, Israel has a homeland. Very significant. Not only that, Israel became a nation in a day. And that fulfilled Isaiah 66 and verse number 8. And this sign alone that says that Israel would become a nation in a day, this sign alone should tell us that we're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. What does that mean? We're living in the last days. The church age has been going on for 2,000 years. From the time the Holy Spirit entered uh, on the day of Pentecost until now, there has been a church indwelt by the Spirit of God. I have Christ living in me. David was anointed by the Spirit, but he prayed that the Spirit not depart from him. There was a difference before the church age. The Holy Spirit could empower, but it, didn't, it did not enter in and, uh, and, and dwell. It just simply empowered. Uh, today, those of us who are saved, we are sealed uh, by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. The Bible is very clear in Ephesians. And so what we're seeing here is that we're living in the last days. Now, I don't know how long the last days will last, and you don't either, but I believe that Jesus could come back for his bride, the church, any moment. It's imminent. There are no signs for the rapture. I'm not looking for a sign. I'm listening for a sound. And that's the trumpet. The Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive remain will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the, air, uh, to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You say, well, how come the dead in Christ rise first? I was asked at one time, or I asked an old preacher that one time. You know what he told me? He said, they got six more feet to go. 
Ezekiel 36, 35 says, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. That's what Ezekiel said would happen in the last days. Uh, He shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. That's what Ezekiel said about Israel. And when you think about that, back in the early 40s, when Jews uh, were being persecuted during the Holocaust and after World War II ended and they fled to Israel, they said they wanted a homeland where this could never happen to them again. Zionism had taken root, and, uh, and from that period of time, from 1898 until 1948, when Theodore Herzl, the father of Zionism, said within 50 years, he said within uh, 40 years, excuse me, he said within 40 years, he said Israel will have a homeland. In, in 1948, they had a homeland. That's within 50 years. I get the time right. When you think about Israel, when, when the Jews started going back, it was swampy. There were mosquitoes. The, the land was arid and difficult. And they became the inventors. You see, necessity is always the mother of invention. And so the Jews began to develop techniques to irrigate the land, to drain the swamps by planting eucalyptus trees and by uh, fertilizing the ground. And today... Israel is a, 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 like the Garden of Eden, as Isaiah talked about. In our generation, there has been an increase of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism, that means hatred of the Jew. Hatred of Jews. This was the problem in World War II. There was a hatred of the Jews. The Jews had uh, overcome obstacles time and time and time again. If you look at the history of Israel, it's amazing how many obstacles they overcame. And they began to become doctors and lawyers and bankers and businessmen because before that they were farmers. And whenever a country came in, a nation came in and conquered uh, the Jewish people, they would take away their land, they would take away their tools, they would take away their, their means to make a living. And so the Jews said, let's start putting it up here. And now you have people living in Europe, you have people living across the United States and around the world that are very prosperous. I, I wish I had the time just to tell you some of the contributions of the Jew to this world. How many of you ladies in here like using shopping carts at Walmart? Did you know that was a Jewish invention? How about that? Men, how many of you like to use a remote control? Did you know that was a Jewish invention? How many of you uh, parents have ever used uh, SIDS monitors, uh, sudden infant death syndrome monitors to make sure that your baby uh, didn't die of that terrible, that terrible uh, disease? Uh, the Jews invented that. How many of you have had uh, polio vaccines or how many of you have had vaccinations for different things? Well, most of those have been invented by Jewish people. 
I can go on and on. And how many of you use um, the computers? And how many of you use the drive-through banking system? How many of you drove a car here tonight? Did you know that, uh, listen, it wasn't Henry Ford who developed the car. It was two Jews by the name of Diesel and Benz. And they were developing a coal dust engine. And they put it on a logging wagon in Germany so they could go up on the mountain and, and, and drive this wagon down the mountain with logs on the back of it. And finally, they developed that. And, and uh, listen, diesel, listen, Mercedes was, uh, or not Mercedes, but uh, Benz was so excited about the fact that, uh, that diesel had developed such an engine. He asked him, could you scale that down so I could put it on my daughter's horse-drawn carriage? And so they did. And there weren't Mercedes Benz with a diesel engine. And then they sold their patent to Henry Ford, and he hated Jews until the day he died. That's a true story. The world doesn't care for the Jewish people. Make no mistake about it. And there are many members of the United States government who are anti-Semites, <coughs> who hate the Jew. You ever heard of Winston Churchill in England? Winston Churchill was an anti-Semite. He hated Jews. He stole land from the Jews and gave it to the Hashemite family that today become, is known as the country of Jordan. That land was supposed to go to the Jews. And I could go on and on and on about different leaders around the world who hated Jews. Adolf Schickelgruber, the illegitimate son of a customs inspector who painted ties for a living. His name is better known as Adolf Hitler. Hated Jews because he was jealous of Jews. He grew up across the railroad track from a Jewish community. And they were prosperous and he was poor. And so he wrote Mein Kampf. And he developed a, a, a means by which he could try to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth. Anti-Semitism is growing. It shouldn't, it, listen, it shouldn't surprise us in Numbers 23.9, Moses Moses wrote way back when, he said that the Jews would be a people that would dwell alone and not be reckoned among the nations. Jewish cemeteries are being defaced with vandals who would go in and spray paint Nazi signs and things of that nature on Jewish headstones. You hear the BDS syndrome or the BDS movement, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement that's being perpetrated by members of the United Nations. And many people in the United States want to adopt this system of striking out against the nation of Israel. And they don't want to do business with them. Then I could talk about Isaiah 17, the burden of Damascus. Look at what the Bible says in Isaiah 17. The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city and it shall be a ruinous heap. Let me tell you a little something about Damascus. It's the most continually inhabited city on earth. No city on earth has been continually inhabited for as long as Damascus, Syria. They've been attacked, they've been conquered, but they've been inhabited. Notice what Isaiah says. It shall be a ruinous heap. It shall be taken away from being a city. This prophecy has never been fulfilled. It will be. How often do we hear Syria in the news? How often have we heard it in the news for the past 15 years or so when they've been fighting their own people? Civil war. 
led by Bashar Assad, who's the president of Syria. This man is a ruthless murderer, and he's murdering his own people, and he's doing it in ways that we would find uh, incomparable. Uh, How can we possibly comprehend the means by which he's killing his own people? He's doing it with mustard gas. He's doing it with nerve agents. He's doing it with all kinds of chemical and biological warfare. Where's he getting that? He's getting it from Russia. He's getting it from Iran. He's getting it from other powerful countries. But Isaiah says that Damascus will become a ruinous heap, never to be inhabited again. Has never happened in the history of Damascus, Syria. It will happen. Keep your eye on Syria. It's constantly in the news. If one of their rockets happens to go astray and fall into Israel, do you know what's going to happen? Israel is going to light them up. And Israel can do it. And tomorrow could be the end of Damascus. And one day tomorrow will come and Damascus will be a ruinous heap. Then we have Psalm 83. Israel, as I said, is bordered by Muslim nations, Arab nations, most of which are Muslim. And when you look at these different countries uh, that are bordering Israel, uh, listen to what Psalm 83 has to say. Psalm 83 is a prayer. It's a prayer by the Jewish people because what they're seeing is these neighboring countries, these Arab countries, are becoming confederate against them. Come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Who am I talking? I'm talking about Lebanon. I'm talking about Syria. I'm talking about Jordan. I'm talking about Egypt. I'm talking about Hezbollah down in the Gaza Strip. 250 million Arabs surround a tiny country, an hour and a half wide and five hours long, about the size of New Jersey. Seven million Jews surrounded by 250 million Arabs, most of whom hate them. Islamic Jihad, a terrorist organization, Hamas, and not only Hezbollah up in, in, uh, in Lebanon, Hamas in the Gaza Strip, um, Islamic Jihad. These are all terrorist organizations, by the way. Our government just funded, just funded the Palestinians who have been carrying out terrorist attacks upon Israel. Gave them a billion dollars without asking permission. Went against the law and supplied them over a billion dollars, almost a billion dollars. What's going on? Prophecy is being fulfilled. There are tunnels uh, leading from Gaza into Israel. And these tunnels are, are fortified with concrete. They have electricity. They have lighting. They have air conditioning. And they're not smuggling cigarettes into Israel. And they're not smuggling cigarettes back and forth into the Gaza. What they're smuggling are missiles and rockets and ammunition, things that can be used to kill Jews. You see, in Israel, or excuse me, in, 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 in this area known as the Gaza and other 
areas of Palestinians, they have a, a TV program. It's a lot like Big Bird or Sesame Street. And, uh, <clears throat> and they, have, they, have, uh, this, they had this character that dressed up like Mickey Mouse. And, uh, and, and, and people were outraged that the Palestinians were using the iconic Mickey Mouse to brainwash children to kill Jews. And so they staged a, 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 a fake assassination on television. And they said that this man that killed that Mickey Mouse lookalike was an Israeli trying to steal land from the Palestinians. And they replaced Mickey Mouse with a, a bumblebee called Nahul. Nobody complained. Then they killed him off <clears throat> and, and they came out with another uh, such character. And, uh, and, and in this particular character, uh, nobody complained either. But the bottom line is they're still teaching the same propaganda. Can I tell you, it's not the mouse, it's the message that people ought to be concerned about because it all deals with anti-Semitism. Today, Israel's threatened on all sides. When you look at all these countries in green, these are Muslim, primarily Muslim Arab countries. And they're surrounding that little tiny country right there, which is Israel. Israel still survived. And they're still striking fear in the hearts of many of these Arab countries. Eli Wiesel said, we have learned to trust the threats of our enemies more than the promises of our friends. America has promised much to Israel, and uh, very few American presidents in the past have uh, honored those promises. But as the days of Noah were, <clears throat> so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What's that mean? Well, that means as it was in the days of Noah. That's what it will be like when Jesus comes again. Think about that. What was going on in the days of Noah? Men were marrying and giving in marriage, and they would eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, you know, it's like, like, like that farmer in the New Testament. Luke had a bumper crop, you know, remember that? And he said, what shall I do? I know I'll build, I'll build new barns, and I'll eat, drink, and be merry. What did God say? Thou fool. For this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be? Can I tell you the days of Noah are upon us? I'm not trying to paint a, a de depressing and bleak picture. It's, I'm just telling you the truth. What we're seeing today is prophecy coming to pass. Now you can either be discouraged about that or you can be excited because Jesus could come today. Praise God. And one day will be that day when Jesus comes. And I, if you're not ready now, listen, folks, you've got good reason to be depressed. But you can get ready. That's the good news. You see, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We can read the Bible that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He that believeth is not condemned, the Bible says. But he that believeth not is condemned already because, why are people condemned? Because they have not believed in the only begotten Son of God. That's the good news. God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We have a means of salvation. And Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. 
Today, evil is being glorified, glorified in TV and movies and music and advertising, video games, and even politics. Evil being glorified. Now, I'm not saying don't watch TV, don't watch uh, a good, decent movie. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of evil being glorified in a lot of those means of media. And, and, And that's what Isaiah was talking about. Say, woe unto them that call evil good. And good evil, and put darkness for light, and light for darkness. Today we see a decline in morality. Uh, back in the day, when I was uh, in in school, and probably you too, uh, if you were caught chewing gum, well, you were going to get detention hall. Now, I mean, kids are doing things in school that I can't even speak of in a mixed congregation like this. The things that go on in a public school. Um, it's sad. I've almost come to the point where I believe that uh, that public education is terminal, and we ought to put it back with uh, with the church, because God has been taken out of the school. And then they wonder why they have a godless school. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Why are people waxing cold? Because Iniquity is abounding. Well, so and so did that. I can do it too. Well, that, that's not, that doesn't make it right. Christ is our great example. Don't look at the person across the pew from you and say, well, I'll, if he does it, then I should be able to do it. Listen, what he's doing may not be right. And the Bible teaches right and wrong, not, not the example being set by your neighbor. I believe we can agree that iniquity abounds more today than ever in our lifetime. I feel sorry for the young people because they have to deal with a lot more issues than what I had to deal with when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. New World Order. You ever heard of New World Order? How many of you have heard of that? New World Order. Do you believe there's going to be one? Well, sure there is. You know who's ahead of it? The Antichrist. There's coming a New World Order. Make no mistake about it. The Bible teaches it. All you have to do is read Revelation Chapter 6, and you'll find that there are four horsemen. The first one's a guy on a white horse, and he comes riding in on a platform of peace. Everybody's going to fall for his lie, and they're going to follow him like ducks in a row. He's the beast. He's the puppet of Satan. He's called the man of sin, the son of perdition in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. David Rockefeller multi-billionaire, he said, all we need, all we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept a new world order. The United Nations, the United Nothing is what they call it in Israel because it's one of the most anti-Semitic organizations in the world. Did you know that Iran can sit on the Security Council? Did you know that Iraq can sit on the Security Council. Did you know that Russia is a a permanent member, a charter member of the United Nations? Yet Israel cannot sit on the Security Council. They can't. They're persecuted. They're attacked by other members of the United Nations. But they can't sit on the Security Council. The Agenda 2030 the United Nations came up with is this. It's a development It's a agenda, rather, for sustaining 
for a sustainable development. And what they recommend, this is just three of the different parts. A one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world economic system. Google that sometime. Read about it. Agenda 2030. This is all supposed to happen within the next seven years. You have a one-world government, that means you have a one-world leader. Have you ever heard of UBI, Universal Basic Income? Oh, this is being promoted around the world, even by members of the United States government. UBI, Universal Basic Income. What that means is everybody should receive a paycheck, period. Everybody should receive. How many help wanted signs do you see on businesses now? I mean, there are help wanted signs everywhere. Why? Nobody wants to work. Why? Because if you stay home, you get a paycheck for free. You, it's actually more than what you would get working down here at McDonald's. And so why go to work? Just sit at home and draw a paycheck. Now, what's going to happen, let's say, if the Antichrist comes to power and he says, now, I want you to take the mark of the beast. And you say, what? I'm not taking the mark of the beast. He says, well, I'm going to cut your UBI check off. And then, oh, well, okay, go ahead and do, do your thing, you know? I mean, I can see a lot of implications that's coming to pass by the things that are going on in our world. And most people are ignorant of these different things going on in our world. They've never heard about it. They've never read about it. They don't really care about it. Well, you ought to care. One world religion. The Pope claims, the Pope claims that all Religions worship the same God. Now, this morning I introduced you to a Greek word. What was it? Baloney. <laughs> Baloney. Why? I don't worship the God called Allah. Allah was a Mesopotamian moon god, and he was chosen by Muhammad out of 360 different Mesopotamian gods, idols. Allah's not a god, he's a false god. And the teaching of Islam is damnable heresy. And I don't mind saying that because it is. And if more people would stand up for the Bible and stand up and say what should be said, there would be less confusion. But today, we got kids running around, don't know if they're boys or girls. Matter of fact, some of them think they're cats. And and, and I'm dead serious. Kids go into school. I've got a son, a grandson, that's going to college. At Mount Vernon Nazarene University, above Columbus, Ohio, playing on a baseball scholarship. And he said, Paul, he said, there's a woman who came into our class dressed as a cat. And I said, what? He said, yeah, she's a cat. And nobody says anything to her because they're, they're afraid of, that they would be charged with discrimination. And I said, what do you mean she's a cat? <laughs> he said, she comes in with cat ears and, and whiskers and, and uh, a tail. People, how many of you heard about that kind of stuff? Going, that's incredible. What's going on? The world is it falling apart, or is it falling into place? And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful signs, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Folks, we're seeing all kinds of this stuff going on in the Middle East, and and uh, in the Middle East. They had a plague of locusts that uh, would rival the plague of locusts in the days of Moses. Uh, We can talk about 
the, the famine, because of the locusts, uh, the crops were eaten up, and now there's going to be a great famine that, uh, that takes place. And, and, of course, we don't have to say much about the coronavirus because we know that that's a pestilence. And we had this pandemic, and it killed a lot of people. As a matter of fact, we quit having churches, and, and people didn't go to church anymore. They just had online churches. And some people still sit at home in their pajamas drinking coffee and refuse to come to church because now they're comfortable sitting in, uh, on the couch in their pajamas drinking coffee, and they're not coming back to church like they should. True or not? It's true. Uh, these online churches, listen, we're able to reach places we've never reached before. But folks, I don't know about you. I can't get off a of video what I can get at church. I don't know about you, but I need to hug every once in a while. I need somebody to pat me on the back. I need somebody to look at me in the face and talk to me. And, and, and you know, you can't get that from a video or from Facebook or from some online media. As a matter of fact, it got so bad that some people, uh, they started having parking lot uh, church. And they had an AM, FM transmitter and they, they broadcast it out. And it was like you're sitting at a drive-in theater. Some of you people don't even know what that is. But anyway, you, know, you were sitting at a drive-in theater and you were, you, know, you were watching a movie, but you could hear your preacher preaching. You could look up and he was preaching off the porch. And then it got so bad that they began to have drive-in baptism. Now, I think they were carrying a little too far when they did that. How about you? (laughs) Drive-in baptism. Well, anyway, Vladimir Putin, we talked about him this morning. I won't rehash or re-preach that sermon. But Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about end-time invasion of Israel. You want to know why Russia is invading Israel? Ukraine. It's a, uh, I think, a, a, a preface to the uh, the prophecy coming to pass. And of course, we know all the problems that they're having. Can I tell you something? Perilous times are coming. We used to sing a song: "Troublesome times are here, causing men's heart to fear. Freedom we all hold dear now is at stake." Remember that song back in the seventies? Some of you all weren't born yet, but I, I remember that song. It was very popular. Can I tell you, the Bible says that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That means dangerous or hazardous, and we're seeing that happen today. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's what we find in 2 Timothy 3.13. And today we see genocide taking place. We see mass murders of Christians in Nigeria. We see mass murders of Christians in Egypt and in Iraq and, and nobody says a word, but if this was mass murder of Muslims, you would never hear the end of it. Save Christians in the Middle East. They're being persecuted, my friend. Troublesome times are here. Increased apostasy. Uh, if, I, if more preachers preached on apostasy, I wouldn't have to explain it. But there's a lot of people that have turned their back on God. Jesus warned of complacency in the last day. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? On the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? You have to answer that question about your own self. If Jesus were to come today, are you ready to meet the Lord in the air? Would he find faith in you? Today there's a movement called the Emergent Church. And uh, it's abandoned the fundamentals of the faith. And basically it's designed to attract everyone without offending anyone. 
And they have latte and cappuccino machines and they have couches and recliners and they don't have a preacher preach. They just gather around and drink their cappuccinos and coffee and and lattes and, and they talk about the Lord. Nobody's a preacher. Nobody's an authority. We have the Unitarian Church where it says we're all love's people. It just makes you want to grab hands and sing, ooh, come by ya. You know, because that's the way that that religion, that new religion uh, basically uh, is designed. And then you have some people who got tired of fighting Islam, but they were Christians. So they just divide, decided to join. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. And they call it Chrislam, Christianity, Islam combined. What fellowship has light with darkness? What fellowship has God with Belial, the devil? How can you possibly read from the Quran and the Bible in the same service and be right? You can't. Daniel talked about increase of knowledge and transportation. Today we're living in a day of technology. I don't know how these computers work. I don't know how this projector works. I certainly have no idea how this presenter works. I remember, <laughs> I remember the Jetsons. You remember that? And George Jetson be calling his wife, and, and he was talking to her on television. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool if we could do that? I remember that back in the 60s and 70s, and I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And now we have FaceTime. I can talk to my family from Israel, halfway around the world. Not a problem. And then Dick Tracy and the comic strip. Remember the comic strips? And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But those comic strips on Sunday, they were in color. The rest of the week, black and white. And Dick Tracy was one of my favorites. He had this cool watch. I got one right here. It's got Mickey Mouse on it. You want to know what time it is? It's 6-11. It's 6-11. Somebody said, it's time to quit. <laughs> no. But so you got Mickey Mouse on this watch. And, and, you know, I thought, how cool was that? And if we could just talk to people on our wristwatch. And, and, and I'll be doggone, you can't. That eye watch. My wife bought me an iWatch. Isn't that wonderful? That was my Christmas gift. And then uh, travel is the increase. I was on a, um, a Eurostar in, in England. And I got on this train. And we drove for a while, only 185 miles an hour. Went under the English Channel and popped up in France. Now, I'm telling you what, that was crazy. You know, I mean, telephone poles look like picket fences. <laughs> and then you got the spacecraft, you know, the, the shuttle that could send people and put them on the moon. How far have we come just in the last 50 years, the last 60 years in your lifetime? How much technology and increase in travel? <clears throat> At the very least... These things reveal that we're living in the last days. Because the Bible talked about this thousands of years ago. And we're living in the last days. Question, is the world falling apart or falling into place? I don't know if you've ever been saved or not. The folks, hard to argue with facts. When you see the news and scripture going hand in hand, it's hard, it's hard, really hard to ignore that. I can tell you some facts. God loves you. Nothing you can do to make God love you more. Nothing that you can do to make God love you less. 
He loves you unconditionally. And he would have all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. If you've never been saved, tonight is the night you need to be saved. Preacher, how do I do that? A, acknowledge that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. C, come and call upon the name of the Lord, repenting of your sin. If you'll do that upon the authority of God's word, he'll save you. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that needs to come and be saved, that tonight would be that night. If there are those who are saved, that, Father, you've spoken to tonight, that need to rededicate their life, help them to have the boldness to come and rededicate their life and give their life and what's left of it to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.